This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Well, Joe uh, just tweeted Brock as goodbye as well, and uh, it's nice to see some of the recognition being sent his way. It's a bummer, man. It is. I, I really like Joe, and I think he does a good job. It's a tough business, man. It this is. This is a tough business. Is. I have a, one of Titus's baseball coaches, his son, uh, was a baseball player and, and played a year of college and came home and realized not for him and wanted to get to work, and he wants to be in this business. And uh, and the coach was like, what, what do you think? What is it? Well, what does he want to do? Well, he wants to do what you do, right? Okay, all right. Here's here's here, let me. You know what though? I mean, here's like, the journey, and yeah, I don't. I'm not going to kill a dream, and I can't certainly because do. I, I to this day, you and I know the person who I talked to at ESPN, yep. uh, who does some television stuff, and you know, he just I met with him, and and the first thing he told me, well, you're not going to host Sports Center tomorrow. It's like. Yeah, no, I know that. I'm not even trying to get into TV. I'm trying to do radio, and I'm just wondering if, like, what the path looks like. Right. He's like, well, you're not going to do, like, have you thought about sales? I was like, well, I, I haven't yet. Like, I want to first try this. And, like, it was just a really frustrating yes. conversation. And there were certainly a lot of people then who said, hey, radio's dying. Good luck. It's never going to work out. Yep. And to some extent, they're right. I mean, the, it's a hard our business, our predecessors in this business made a lot mm-hmm. more money. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a ton of revenue that radio used to bring in that it does not mm-hmm. anymore. And so, uh, you know, we're starving, which is sad. Right. Um, right. No, we're not. We're doing OK, but it's yep. not what it was 20 years ago. That's for sure. In terms of, of what, what radio hosts get paid and there's just the bigger issue is there's just fewer jobs you know he you know this is the thing that's a bummer to me is joe talks about all of those interns that were here at the same time (laughs) joe and howdy and kyle and they weren't the only ones there were a ton of others and you guys don't know everybody at the station but almost everybody here a ton of the people here were interns before they ended up in the role they're in. Taylor Jacobs, who does a great job on our social media, mm-hmm. was an intern here. And, you know, there were a lot more around our building. He just is I'm thinking about his desk over there. There's tons yep. of Michael Simeona, who runs all of our website and stuff. Yep. There's a lot of them. Yep. And it is a it's a huge bummer that that program is essentially gone. All of the sports center updates and that type of stuff that stations used to do were budget cuts. All of the overnight programming that you used to find on radio stations gone. So to your friend who wants to make it, yep. Where do you get that first break in order to right. to, to jump on the air and do something? I don't so know. And he does. I don't know. Anybody does it. So then, on the flip side, okay. And I know we want to get to the pro football focus here in a second. But on the flip side was a USFL player, a very engaging defensive lineman, life of the party, great guy. Camera loves him. He's actually done some small little bits. He texted me, and I said, you know, we had a chat before the game. He's like, oh, I, I want to do what you do. I want to call a game. I'm like, awesome. You know, exchange numbers. I've been texting with him and get a text from him. And, yeah. Yesterday, he's like, okay, so can you set up that meeting with the top talent executive Fox? Like, I'm, I'm ready to call games. And I'm like, uh, keep playing. You know, like, it, it, it just, uh, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a road. There's right. kind of local, there's kind of high school, you kind of cut your teeth, you kind of kind of work your way up before you're just doing national football games, you know, unless you're, well, Tony Romo. But yeah, it's kind, it's well, kind, of, a, great, kind, kind of a grind. That's really going swimmingly. Yeah. Uh, text message, fire Brock and hire Joe Fan. That's a win-win. Nice. Other people saying, why can't Salk just move to Vegas and get involved with the mafia there instead of 
Joe. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of directions people have uh, chosen to take this Joe fan thing. So, I Do was, you take umbrage with this 12? I'm trying to understand your no, question. No, I was just Joe. curious if that's what you thought they were at. I think they're somewhere between 12 on the high side and 16 on the low yeah, side. Yeah, I think that sounds about right to me. I don't take any umbrage there, but I was a little surprised in reading some of their descriptions. Strongest unit wide receiver. Okay, I think we agree on that. Maybe it's corner, maybe it's wide receiver, but those two are going to be, you know, mm-hmm. one or the other. But this one surprised me a little bit. Weakest unit, edge rusher depth. This wasn't easy. The Seahawks have no overwhelmingly poor units. And even the edge rusher position has a good player in Nuosu. The reason for concern here is the lack of proven commodities behind them, though the good news is there's plenty of pedigree. Daryl Taylor, Derek Hallboy, Mafe were all selected in the second round of recent drafts. Mm-hmm. That's from Mike Clay. I, I don't know. I, I First of all, that's not a unit that I would have said. I mean... The only real weakest unit here is edge depth. How about like the front of your defensive line and and to a certain extent linebacker? Yeah, it would be. I I think I would rank interior depth and linebacker depth ahead of edge depth. Yeah. The fact that you have Boye and Daryl, and then you've got in, in Derek Hall and Boye Mafe, at least the clay to mold. These are not average athletes. I mean, these are, you know, spectacular specimens that, yeah, you know, I think Boye's football instincts and certainly Derek even said to us, I got to develop more, man. I got to add more to my repertoire. So, you know, they're still wanting for, you know, in one of them, some instincts and one of them more moves, but at least there's four bodies there. And then a few more, right. That, uh, Alton Robinson and, and some others, Tyreek, what's, what's Tyreek, the kid out of Ohio state. Um, no, Tariq the, Smith. Tariq Smith. I mean, at least your body's linebacker, defense tackle. I mean, can you rattle off four, five, six of those guys? Like we just did edge rushers. I don't think you can. So to me, I would put, if I'm writing that article, I think I would put interior defensive line mm. depth and playmaking. For sure. And then the depth of linebacker ahead of that edge. Yeah, so I wasn't really upset about that. I did like this non-starter to know cornerback Mike Jackson. Fifth round pick from 2019 allowed one yard per coverage snap last season as a 17-game starter. Better than the 1.2 league average for corners. And right now, it sure seemed like they're looking for ways to get him on the field rather than off of it, at least based on what we saw in minicamp. No, I was just pairing that Uh with this pro football focus uh, article yesterday that listed the 10 head coaches... Could the top to 10 head coaches in the NFL. Here's the list. Okay. Andy Reid, who's, who's number one right now. Andy, yep. Ahead of Bill Belichick. Okay. Mike Tomlin. Third? Kyle Shanahan. John Harbaugh. Sean McVay. Wow. Doug Peterson. Whoa. Nick Sirianni. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sean McDermott. Whoa, 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 whoa. Brian Dable. Whoa. What are we doing? What? Honestly, I read this list uh, per Trevor Sycama. And I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not even joking with you, Brock. I'm not exaggerating. I read this list and I think he forgot Pete. Yeah. Like, I honestly think that's what happened. Maura, I get him I on the think, phone. I don't feel Maura, like track this Trevor guy down. Can we, should we start a list of show enemies? I don't like, have I think, an enemy. Yeah, I think PFF should be on there. Like, we... Uh, no enemy. There's no enemy. Well, I honestly with, believe like, it. Most of what they say. Can I you? believe that Trevor Sikma, S-I-K-K-E-M-A, not Jackson, not either. related to Jack. Nope. There's an extra two two letters in here. Correct. I think that I think Trevor might have just forgotten Pete. Can can this be proof as to why honorable mentions are important 
correct. Sometimes Justin and I forget people. Yeah, and, and that's and that's terrible. Sometimes but we leave stuff out just no. to make sure you know we know about it. Right? But honorable mention would not have been good enough for Pete either. No, but it would have let us you know that he forgot that for- stat that we saw last week that over the last ten years he's he's third behind Andy Reid and Bill Belichick for the correct. most wins. More, like, I agree with you. Believe 100%. me, I think Pete belongs on this list. Get but by not at least putting him as an phone. honorable mention. It makes me think he just forgot him as opposed to he didn't think he belonged in the Does top 10. Does anybody listening know Travis Sycamore? And if you do, Trevor. 866-979-3776. Trevor, Trevor Sycamore, 866-979-3776. You get Trevor What's wrong with you? on the phone. Yes. Well, I'm, I think Rock, so far you're kind I've been... of a big deal on Twitter. Why don't you just yeah, tweet you reach out. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to just Do you think he forgot? Seriously, do you think he... Do you think... Did you forget about... Do you think he forgot about Pete, or do you think he doesn't believe Pete's a top ten coach in the NFL? You keep talking, and I'm going to effort this, and you know, during break right now, because I can't do both. I can't put my readers on. I can't get on Twitter and can't talk at the same time. So, what is his name? Make sure you send him a grainy photo so he knows what you're talking about. S i k k e m a. So you see if you can figure out if he just forgot Pete or what the heck is going on here, and we'll come back and give you everything you need to know. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven ten SalesSports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, it was sort of nice to get away from the Mariners for a day yesterday, but they'll get back to it tonight. They have Tampa in town 4-3. Shane McClanahan on the mound for the Rays. 11-1 this year, Brock, with a 2.2 ERA. He is very, very good and has been excellent so far. Coming off actually kind of a weak start, so maybe that's the start of some slippage, or maybe he uh, just uh, had a little hiccup and he'll come right back tonight. We'll see. Bryce Miller be on the hill for the Mariners. If I'm not mistaken, McClanahan a lefty. So all those conversations we've had about their inability to hit lefties, which should be one of their strengths. Maybe tonight is your opportunity to break out. And- well, you tell me what his game is, Saul. Is he a fastball guy? Is he an off-speed guy? Is he a command guy? Is he a guy that gets chased? What, what, what is he? Because just about anything, unfortunately, has worked against these Mariners offensively this year. Yeah. You know, that fan graphs... A site that you you reference in those numbers are overwhelming. This isn't one or two or three guys struggling. You could live with that, especially with the overachievement from your pitching staff. But when it's been a near total power outage and near lineup-wide struggle with controlling the zone and not chasing and everything else uh, and strikeout rate and on-base percentage, yeah, hopefully tonight. And quite honestly, I I think it's 50-50. I think they could score six runs against this, team, this guy tonight. And they, I think they could win this series. Of course. Of course I think they, they could can. also equally get shut out or give a score run. And then all of a sudden, those boo birds start to come yeah. out to play a little bit more. Yeah, we actually lead the league in hitting balls within five feet of the wall without being home run. <laughs> it's a, we find ways to create frustration. And that really boiled to the top on Tuesday evening. You know, with that bases loaded situation. You flatten out, you get a little wider in the box, you find a way to put the bat on the ball and get something you can lift. Not go up there and rush through at bat, swinging at the first thing you see. It's It's been problematic for us throughout the year. There's a reason why we've struggled the way we have with runners in scoring position, especially you know, in this last series here with the Nationals. It's about the pitches we swing at. And until our players start swinging at better pitches, we're going to continue to struggle. So he, Jerry's just making it very simple. Swing at better pitches, or this thing does not turn around. Here's the second thing 
you need to know. Rock's writing in his notebook there, so he'd like to come back to that. By all accounts, the Kraken had themselves a heck of a draft. Uh, I read, I don't know, a bunch of articles, draft grades, all that stuff last night, because I'm not going to pretend like I know what these 17, 18-year-old kids are coming out of, you know, wherever league they're in. But I saw a lot of A's. For the crack, and people really liked what they did in general. I didn't see one grade lower than a B plus, and everyone sort of noted that that's especially impressive considering they didn't have a top ten or fifteen pick, right? They didn't just get Connor Bedard and be like, oh, okay, they had an unbelievable draft. Mm-hmm. They had to work for it. They had a lot of picks. But it sounds like they did some good stuff with them. Uh, we talked about their first rounder yesterday. Could be a top six score. We talked a little bit about their two or their three second round picks. Two of them look to be kind of two way players, which is what Dave Haxtall likes. And the third is a real puck moving defenseman. He might give up a couple of goals. He may not be the best defensive defenseman, but he's going to move the puck and he's going to put the puck in the net, which is also something you need on the blue line. Man, so we spend a lot of time, and it's the inverse in the NFL. Right, The NFL, the new league year begins, free agency hits, and you get waves of free agency, and then you complete the team Mm -hmm. with the draft. The NHL is different. It started with the draft this week. We started to see some trades unfold in and around that draft, and now free agency begins. So did that draft tell you or any any other hockey fan out there that, boy, they added a lot of youth, a lot of speed, Maybe a little bit more on the front end than necessarily defensemen, and it's time to go attack that weakness. Go, go find me a I don't go find me they... a player or two that can win faceoffs at an incredibly high rate. A, a power player, just a power play destroyer. Can they fill in then some of the rest of the gaps in free agency? They're going to need to. I don't know if the two things are connected or not, because again, in the NFL, you're drafting players that are going to be on your team immediately. Right in 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 hockey, you're drafting guys that might not be there for three, four years, depending. Some of them are right. Beniers was up later that year, but that's more the exception than the rule. And generally, that's only first round guys. So it's closer in some ways to the baseball draft, where you're just bringing in more waves of good players, mm-hmm. but with a little element of the basketball or or NFL draft at the top of it, where some of those guys may be ready to go right away. Here's the third thing you need to know. We're just getting ourselves ready for All-Star Week. By the way, I've got some people checking on the office thing for Scott Service. Okay. Will Dusty Baker be using Scott Service's office? I think generally they do, but because Scott's on the on the on the coaching staff, that's now a question. And by the way, that's the piece of news. Scott Service named to the coaching staff of the 2023 American League All-Star squad yesterday. So uh the Mariners will have at least two people there. Yeah, I do still hear rumblings. Was it John Morosi? Yeah, you want to hear this? I'll play this for you. Morosi was on with Wyman and Bob yesterday and said that Julio should be there. It's tough because Julio is still someone that that has great magnetism and presence. And this gets back to what what the conversation should be about what the All-Star Game is all about. Is it about the greatest stars in the game? Uh, If it's that, then... I'd want to see Julio there. I would certainly expect, and I think he's having a good enough first half to to do it, Andrew McCutcheon should be there. He's having a really strong first half in Pittsburgh, uh, coming towards the end of his career. Great ambassador for the game. Let's have him there. Uh, similar to Derek Jeter in his final year. Well, there's not, neither of those guys, Derek Jeter. I mean, no. that's the thing. Like, no. Jeter was, you know, handed stuff his entire career. The rest of these guys, I mean, it's <laughs> new for them. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm more than happy to see Julio in the home run derby. That's where he belongs. Mm-hmm. To, to me, everything that John said right there is evidence that yeah, you want that star, and, and 
you want him in the home run derby. I don't think he belongs in the all-star game. I think he'd feel, frankly, pretty funny about that. Like, I haven't performed. Other guys have performed much, much better than me. I am not right. deserving of this. And I, I think, as a, frankly, as a fan of a young player, too, I don't mind a little bit of adversity and him having to, to be a little disappointed, a little bit of, of humility in this first half of the season to try to turn it around and get right. No no part of that sounds right to me to see Julio in the All-Star. I totally game. agree with you. That is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. All right, it's Friday, which means an hour from now we'll open up the phone lines and see what uh, you guys have on your mind. Uh, never know. Could be anything, but we're looking forward to hearing from you guys. Baseball, football, hockey, whatever the case may be. Uh, before we do that, though, Brock, we've got some real business to take care of. we got our guy G. Scott coming in. Have, well, you haven't talked to G in a little while. No, because you last were time he was in, week. it got I was pretty out. deep. Remember, it got pretty deep. about pretty, Russ? Yeah. Yeah. And I tweeted this guy, by the way. Let's see. Trevor was Trevor? Yep, I, tr- I tweeted him during the break. So. What, did he get back to you? Well, let me see. There's Get just... your readers on. Gosh, there's a lot of tweets. Someone responded and said they looked through his comments, and he responded to someone else that called him a Seahawks hater and said he debated between Dable and Carroll. Oh, yeah, that's a good debate. Oh, Dable, yeah, one one Makes perfect sense now. One playoff game. No, No, one one, year. One one season as a head coach. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) P.U. P.U. is right. G. Scott will be in. Speaking of nice sense, uh, G. will be in next as Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, salesports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Must be Friday. It must be 30. The people must be getting what they want. Thank God, Brock, I know you're going to be happy about this. G's got some coffee because what G needs is a little extra caffeine, a little extra sugar, a little something to just get him up because generally it's kind of depressing when he comes in here. How we doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I, man, the show is always popping. The whole gang is here. Brock is here. Mm. Justin's mm. here. Mars here. Mike's here. Betsy. Um. That's a no, that's a big no on Betsy. She's not here. Gonna go see. She's seeing fireworks tonight, though, bro. Or uh, G. She is. She going to the game tonight. Going to the game. See fireworks. G, what you, you see think? that picture of Betsy? By the way, that was a good one. What, what you, you posted <laughs> yeah, that the other day. Matt in Oregon. Oh, that was Matt in Oregon. Shout out to you, Matt in Oregon. Well done. Well played. What do you think about about fireworks at home? Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> I re I remember. Grew up in Indiana, right? Didn't you grow up in Indiana? I grew up in Chicago, bro. I'm sorry. Listen, I remember we were on the air. Mike Salk and I were on the air years Mm -hmm. ago, and we were talking about how dangerous fireworks were. Both he and I agree. Something that we rarely do, we agreed on something. And that next day... Uh, JPP, remember, he blew up his hand. Oh, yeah. The next day. Yes. You and I were on the air talking about how dangerous it is. Well, I talk about it every year. So for me, it's not very surprising. This is an annual okay. thing for me. You know me what? I've never I mean. asked you this, Salk. We can do this. It gets personal with you. Right. Is this because of the catas- – and it didn't happen through fireworks? Right. But are, do you have maybe more and a stronger opinion of this because of the hand injury that maybe. you suffered? Yeah, I think I have a sense of what it's like to go through life without full use of your hand. Yeah. Trust me, watching a few things go up in there and go, is not worth it. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is not worth risking the use of one of your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that JPP injury was was oh. a brutal one, and oh. it did lead to a conversation on our show <laughs> oh, with John Clayton just a couple days later <laughs> where I asked John about it, and John says, yeah, uh, Brock, I wanted to ask you what it would be like. <laughs> What do you say? I wanted Brock. I really. I've been meaning to ask you what it would be like for for JPP to now try to lift without full use of one of his hands. Right. And I you was like, and you looked at me, Salk. Like, are you serious? It's like this- John. Uh, there are so many things in sports that Brock has a better answer than me on based on personal experience. You've managed to find the one thing, literally the one and only thing that I know better than Brock when it comes to actually doing an activity. And you've completely ignored me in order to ask Brock the question about it. I do, I do remember it's an all time. You know what, Brock? You know where we were? Is that the same day as your boy Marvin Demoff spoke for 45 straight minutes before I made you cut him off? It might have been. I think it was. Fix it. You looked at me and said, we fix were down it, G. Can Glenn. you believe that? We had a guest on, uh, old super agent Marvin Demoff, great yeah. 30 for 30 on him. We're trying to ask about Russell's contract. We were down there for 710 day. Yes, we were. So it would have been right after the fourth. And Marvin, you know, got on a bender, mm-hmm. a word bender. And Salk looked at me and was like, uh, fix this. <laughs> You need to fix this. The worst guest we ever had. Worst guest? No, he was not. Stop it. He was. He was sort of talking like this, running on and on. He just kept. Oh my God, gee, it was it was horrific. It was it was like one of those radio moments where you're like, how do we get out of this? Vita. Vea. All right, Vita was bad, but he's a kid. What are you going to do? I'm not going to get mad at Vita. Worst radio guest you've ever had, G. Oh, easy. Jimmy from uh, JJ from Good Times, <laughs> Jimmy Walker was the absolute worst. I was up all night. I could not wait. I'm talking about. I'm getting ready to interview JJ from Good Times, and right before the interview, right before the interview, I was so excited to meet him. He says, uh, "Don't ask me anything about Good Times. Don't ask <laughs> me. Don't ask me anything about Dynamite. Don't ask me anything about oh. JJ." Then he gets on the air. There's somebody listening right now that heard that interview. I don't think it was on 710. He gets on the air. He badmouths Pete Carroll. Whoa. He talks down on Pete Carroll. He badmouths women's basketball. He said how awful women's basketball was. It was, I wanted to cry. Now, granted, <laughs> now look here, y'all. I had only been doing radio for like three months. Right. So your boy is new. He took control of my show. I had no idea what to do. And then at the at the very end, I said, have a good day. <laughs> and it, 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 it was bad. It was so bad. Pete Carroll. Huh? What was his beef with Pete Carroll? Oh, uh, well, you know what happened. You know what he's talking about. The end of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. and, 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 and then talking about, then he started bringing up USC and when he was that. Jeez. Yeah, this dude was something. But I'm glad <laughs> we are stalling right now because. We're not stalling. Yeah, we're stalling what? because I, I want to say something. It's All Star Week coming up. You sure you want to say this? Well, I'm not sure. You can't mention JJ. You can't I'm mention gonna, Good Times. Right. <laughs> you can't mention Dynamite. I'm going to bring it up anyway. So, 
So let me just tell you what's going on. So my buddy works downtown. He's telling me all the stuff and all the plans. They're getting ready for All-Star Week. Uh, I have been – I've talked to some people from MLB. They're coming into town um, uh, this weekend. They're going to be here. And, and, and all of, there's all this excitement that is going on, and it reminds me of something. You know what I feel like right now living in this town? It feels like since we're graduation time, it feels like the graduation party is at our house. Everybody is getting all all these graduates are going to come here. All the people graduating are coming to our house to celebrate. And then me, I'm not even graduating this year. (laughs) And that's how I feel right here in town. We don't have anybody graduating this year, but the graduation party is going to be in Seattle. I know y'all feel me on this right now. Things ain't going right. Our grades suck, right? We've just been terrible lately. And all these graduates from all over are going to come in and they're going to come to our house, eat all our damn cupcakes, eat, drink our juice, drink everything in the house. Matter of fact, they might even flirt with our girlfriend at the time and they're going to to leave here and we still ain't got no diploma. Pretty good analogy. <laughs> I'm with you. Sorry, y'all. It's spot on. It's <laughs> exactly how it feels. Jeez. I hadn't considered the graduation element of it, but you're absolutely right. It's like it's like throwing a huge party at your own house and not being invited. I mean that's kind of how it feels. You're right. It's brutal. And I'm excited. I'm going. I'm going to go to the Derby. I'm going to go to the... I'm taking my daughter to the Derby. She doesn't know, so I'm going to surprise her. She's been bugging me. I'm going to take her to the Derby. I'm taking my mom to the All-Star Game. She's very excited about that. And it's going to be awesome. I mean, seriously, it will be. I mean, the the All-Star Game is just a cool thing. Mm -hmm. But it really does point out, I think is what you're saying, even more so how disappointing the season has been because instead of being sort of a crowning glory on it... It's exactly the opposite. It's it's like somebody pointing and laughing at you and saying, ha ha, we're doing this here without you. That stinks. Yeah. Um, again, like, and you know how that is. You you know how when Aunt Lois comes over and the family members comes over and you know your mama had been told about how terrible you've been doing. And they're like, hi, Mike. How you doing? Right. And you're like, I'm fine. Right. They know you're doing Terrible, and then and then your one uncle comes in and he's like, "Yo, yeah, I remember those times, man. Don't worry, just keep your head up. Yeah, yeah, shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, you that, know what that else? That felt very personal. Yeah, yeah. You know what else kind of complicates this? Couch here, you know what else kind of complicates this just a little bit? And where were you in two thousand one, G? Where where was where did life have a, oh, a young G Scott in two thousand one? Downtown every damn night. Do you know how good it was? During the All-Star game? Yes! Do you know how good life was in 2001? The Mariners won 116 games that year. It was 46,000 every single night. I went to more Mariner games then than I've been to in my entire life. Seriously, no no exaggeration. I probably went to 30 games. Wow. I mean, you don't even have to be a baseball fan. Well, do you know to- what else was in 01? The All-Star Game. That was the last time the All-Star Game was in oh, Seattle. They happened to twice, be, right? Happened to be, yeah. I mean, the last time, though, was 2009 and 01. Yep, there you go. And in, in 2001, mm-hmm. when G. Scott was in those seats, in that place that was just <sighs> oh, alive every single night, do you know how many Mariners were in that All-Star Game? Like, like eight, seven, eight? 
Salk, how many do you think? It was eight. Many, yeah, it was eight. Yeah. It was eight all-stars. There's four Ola starters. Rood and all them. Ola Rood, Brett Boone, Edgar Martinez, <laughs> this guy named Ichiro, Freddie Garcia, Jeff Nelson, Cass uh, Sasaki, and Mike Cameron. Eight Mariners in that game at that grad party in 2001. Remember when A-Rod, A-Rod was supposed to be the starter at shortstop, and then A-Rod comes out there, and he's like, nah, Cal Ripken, tip of the cap, you go ahead and take the spot, and Cal Ripken was the one that started the short. Man, come on, man. Baseball was popping right then, and here we are. Yep. I thought it was supposed well, to be. It was supposed to be that this year. It was yes, supposed it was. to yeah. be that this that's, year. That's, again, just one of the huge bummers of the way this has gone and why it is even more disappointing than the record. Right, I, I think that's some of it is the record stinks. It's not where you want to be, and it, and it, you're a few games under 500, which isn't great, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, like, it's the expectations heaped on the season combined with the disappointment of having this All Star game here, which should be an incredible moment mm-hmm. for Seattle sports and Seattle baseball, and instead, it, it's got this hollow feeling because it 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 the vibe is not right. The vibe is I'm disappointed in my baseball team and I'm going to have to go watch all the best players in the league show up here mm. and remind us of what we don't have. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, I, I totally, totally, completely agree with that take. So anyway, let's uh, we'll move past it here for a little while. Mm. By the way, I did watch the 1979 All-Star game on TV the other night mm-hmm. that was here at the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was awesome. Was Reggie in it? Uh, he pro- I didn't watch every minute of it. I, it was on mute. I was in a bar watch. I was in a restaurant watching. But like, was first it competitive? Of all, uh, <laughs> yes, it was it, really. Competitive. It was competitive. Huh? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. and the guys were like all. There were a lot of them were wearing their like late seventies baby blues, Ooh, which are so sweet, sweet, those sweet are man. Sweet. Those are sweet. The Dodgers. I'd forgotten the Dodgers had the baby blues. Oh, yeah. The Phillies, of course. The Cardinals. Um. God, there was somebody else. I mean, just it was so many guys wearing them that just looked freaking awesome. Pete Rose was it like an older Pete Rose yeah. was in the game. Yeah. It was pretty, Can I, pretty I, cool. I want to answer. Uh, there was a text message that says, "How does G talk to MLB people? MLB people, but doesn't watch baseball the same way that Steve Harvey is now Judge Steve Harvey." <laughs> You just do it, baby. You just do it. You just do it. You just do it. You don't ask no questions. All right. Well, so you mentioned your guy, uh, JJ, who uh, was not a fan of Pete Carroll. (laughs) Brock and I recently came across this pro football focus list Uh of the top 10 head coaches in the game. Okay. What'd they say? You want to hear the top 10 head coaches? Mm, Let's hear it. Where's Pete at on that list? Where do you? uh, Pete, Pete, mm, probably no one. See, there's always this East Coast bias. So where do you think Pete is? I think Pete on this list, realistically, carry the two plus one, seven. All right, here we go. You're ready. Yeah, let's go. Number one, Andy Reid. Isn't it funny that Andy Reid's now considered by some people the best coach in football, given where he was not that long ago? Amazing. That's fair. Yeah. But all right, I'm not arguing right, necessarily. Okay, okay. Number two, yep. Bill Belichick. Fair. Number three, Mike Tomlin. Can I just add about Belichick? Because someone uh, did mention this on that on the tweet that I sent to Trevor. I've not heard yeah. back from him. Uh-huh. Do you know what uh, what Bill Belichick's record is in non Tom Brady years as a head coach? Who cares? Ten, ten seasons, seven of them under five hundred. Oh, one playoff appearance. One playoff appearance without Tom Brady. Oh, one. Ten years, seven losing seasons without so, Tommy Boy. Talk so. that talk, Brock. Okay, That's irrelevant. Okay, Brock. Wait. 
No, it's not. Yeah, Andy, Andy Reid took the Eagles irrelevant. to the Super Bowl. Andy Reid went to four wait, NFC titles in Philly. Wait, Andy wait, wait, Reid wait, wait, didn't wait. just need Patrick Brock Mahomes. Brock just came up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Brock just hit us with some real numbers there, and you just hit him with the irrelevant? Irrelevant. <laughs> what? Explain yourself. He's like JJ. That's what he does to Explain me sometimes. Who cares what Mike Salk did without Brock Heward? Who cares what Brock Heward did without Mike Salk? They're a partnership. Brady and Belichick achieved all that stuff together. It was incredible. Nah, player, but the numbers that he just said right there, without Brady, you feel me? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that would be like... Okay, well, I'm biased here, but Tom Brady was not Tom Brady for those first three Super Bowls. Belichick helped him immensely. He did. With the defense. Tom and Brady doesn't together. become Tom Brady without Bill Belichick. What are you talking yeah, about? It's, it's- what if Tom Brady goes to win a Super Bowl without Belichick? Yeah, what if, well, let's oh, just imagine he something. Did. And, let, and how do you think Tom Brady got that good by being coached <laughs> oh, by Belichick? You think Bruce Arians brought it out of him? Oh, that just furthers the argument. Right. He even overcame Bruce Arians <laughs> to win a Super Bowl. So. No one is saying your Tom favorite. Brady's not great. Bruce Arians is your favorite. I'm just saying it's irrelevant anyway, what Belichick number did without him. Three, Mike number Tomlin. three, Mike Tomlin. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Number four, mm-hmm. noted Super Bowl winner Kyle Shanahan. What? Number five. Oh, my God. What? John Harbaugh. Okay. Number Super six. Bowl. Okay. Sean McVay. Now, here you go. G, you ready? Number seven. Oh, my goodness. Sean McVay. Doug Peterson. Number eight. What? Nick Sirianni. <laughs> Number nine. What? Sean McDermott. And number 10, wait, they, they made Pete number 10? Brian Dable. <laughs> so, Brock and I thought, I thought we were being nice. I just assumed this guy forgot that Pete was still coaching. Like, he just assumed Pete had, he forgot him. Like, that happens. Sometimes we you forget We put lists people. together. Yeah, we put lists together. Every we put day, articles I rank together. things. Yeah. 945, Justin and I work on this. And sometimes we forget stuff. It happens. What did we Every forget the other list. day, Justin? We had a bad one. Oh, oh we did Noose. Or did we did Pretty. We did Pretty. We and we forgot, forgot Pretty Noose from Soundgarden. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just forget things. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, G. We're putting a convoy together. We ride at dawn. Oh. You think you just forgot Pete? Yeah, this must have been a it must have been a mistake. Now, look, I think those that are listening right now, I think we can all agree that there's always this constant disrespect of this part of the country. Doesn't matter what it is. I'll give you an example on my side of things on the news side. This is something that I talked about for a long time for the last three years. As far as the, the the fires and the smoke that we get here, we've been getting that a lot here lately, right? And, and it happens so much so that we're used to come August, September, we're, we're getting wildfires. We're getting the smoke. But them over there in New York, they had one bad day. They had one smoky day, and it is frontline headlines all Did over. Did you know it's that there's smoke? <gasps> it's here in New York. Oh, my God. I'm out here in New York. Back to you, Pete. Oh, my gosh. Did you, did you see the smoke? It comes from Canada, and I went to run. And let's interview you and interview you and the lady with the damn dog. And I just can't stand This is now a new- real problem. This isn't in California. This is in New York. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. And then... And then it happened in Chicago just recently. Didn't nobody even talk about it. I didn't it. even know it happened in it Chicago. Didn't even know it happened. How come it wasn't on the news? I don't know. So you're saying this is East Coast bias? 
It always is. <laughs> it always is. And, 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 and I think that that is why when people say, how come you guys always talking about the Super Bowl when Super Bowl 48? And how come you want to know why? Because this area all has taken on the Doug Baldwin mentality. We all got a chip on our shoulder that does not leave. Constant disrespect by the national media, by everybody. You still got people in this country that's like, oh, you live in Seattle? Oh, it rains there. Shut up, Lois. <laughs> Back to Aunt Lois again, huh? I'm going to say there's one other bias as well, and, and that is the bias of youth and offense. I, I think that there is a bias for many of these sites and, and you know, these new age stat sites and the analytics sites and, and all of it, the data sites. It's like, yeah, man, Pete's just old and he plays old school football. And out of that 10, there are six young offensive whippersnappers. And then even the defensive guys, well, Mike Tomlin and, and Sean McDermott, what have they done? They've turned it over to Ben Roethlisberger and let him throw for 5,000 yards and Josh Allen run around like crazy and run exciting offenses. And and there's one guy that, that's continuing to do it with a circle of toughness and an old school way that he learned from Bud Grant in the I 70s. Say, man, the one on here that kind of drives me a little crazy because I think that there's their resumes are similar to Pete's is a little better is Tomlin, who I think yeah. is a good coach. It's not a shot at Mike Tomlin. I think Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Yeah. But Mike Tomlin's third on this list. Doesn't he also have one Super Bowl? Yes. They, they both have another. one Super Bowl. He they did lose another, another as did Pete. Brock, if you and, want to see it. And, it sounds like he was taking last year mostly into account. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Who was the best coach oh, last, last year? year? Oh, oh, well, then I see why Belichick is number two. But also, oh. yeah, there was, yeah, Belichick. That makes sense. Do you want to hear the response? I see why Sean McVay would have been high on this list. He responded to me more. Yeah. Where's Zach Taylor? Uh, uh, how, wait, how does Moore know? See, that's what I'm saying, Someone Brock. Someone texted us you, that he right. responded before Brock realized that right, he Oh, my gosh. Okay, what's the response, Mara? <laughs> he said, I didn't forget, exclamation point. Last year was a, a lot of good, but defense, EPA, slash play allowed, in parentheses, his expertise, was still not great for the third year in a row. I recognize 2022 was a special season, getting the best out of that group on offense, and he was on the right side of the Wilson decision. Won't take anything away from the coaches I had in the top 10, but perhaps I should have taken his full tenure into account. More. Perhaps. He was perhaps. right there for me, never meant to come off as a Pete hater. Basically what he's saying is he kind of forgot. I know, I know elitism. <laughs> he kind of did I, forget. See, the, the, the blessing that I've had, shout out to my parents for – They've sent me to school, Brock and Salk, with elitism. Oh. I've been around and elitism, and, and, and now I'm working with, especially when you how's sit there. How's it smell in there? Next to Mike Salk? Yeah. Oh, it smells like You know what I'm saying? I know this. But let me tell you, there's like certain buzzwords. Perhaps. Mm. Bam. There it is. What does perhaps mean Perhaps mean means I messed up. Yep. I apologize. Yeah. I was wrong. Yep. So they don't want to say all that. They just want to say. Perhaps. Perhaps. If this was for last year, how the heck is Sean McVay on? I just said that. Perhaps. If this is for tenure, how is Nick Sirianni on? He put Sean McVay on there. Perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps I made a mistake (laughs) and left Pete out. You know, it reminds me. It reminds me, Brock, I would tell you about my boss that when I first got into radio, that's the type of thing that he would say. Perhaps. Perhaps. And never will admit he's wrong about nothing. Uh One of these Uh days, I'm going to tell you guys about my old boss. I'm telling you, you want to talk about elitism? Elitism? (laughs) 
Are you are you smelling it with that deep little inhale right there? Are you smelling any Savage? No. I ain't smelled that Savage. What happened to the Savage? I put it on. It's it just like it, it. I don't know. It gets it. It doesn't stick. Do you take a shower first? Yes. What do you mean? He's do I take it. a shower first? Gee, of course he's I do. Tried it all. He does your bam bam. <laughs> I do the bams, the pows, the wheeze. I do it all. None of it seems to make the Savage stick the to me. The bams, the pows, the wheeze. I do it all, man. I try so think, hard. I've tried everything. Do you think a lead Five minutes lead, after I walk out of the bathroom, I, no smell at all. I think a legit question, G. What do you, you got, bro? Think, do you think elitism repels cologne? You think elitism is a smell repel? Yeah. Hmm. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. It's always a possibility. All right, buddy. Thank you. It was, uh, Hold it, on, man. Come on, man. What do you mean, that, come that's on? elitism. I know what time this segment ends. It's 50. It's 8.53. Well, why don't you bring more to talk about? <laughs> I, here's what I know after how many, how many, how long we've been doing this segment. If I don't start wrapping you up at 8.53, there's no chance you're going to be out of here at 8.54.30 when you're supposed to be. So I got to start now. We got to start our saying goodbye process. I know you got Travis Mayfield in today, who I like a lot. How's working with Travis? Oh, man, love Travis. Absolutely love Travis. He's such a news person. Right? Yeah. He's been news all this time. Yeah. So sometimes he said to me after the show yesterday, he's like, gee, sometimes I'm just like um, having an opinion on all these different topics can it's very be tiring. Little, yeah, it can be it tiring. Kind of exhausting. But, but I told him it's probably just doing a show with me. Yeah, that's also exhausting. Trust me. I've tried yeah. that. Um, gee, before, thank you. Before, before I go, you go, yes. I, I noticed something, Brock. Yes. Did you guys notice how... Salt casually talked about his all-star activities. He's going to be at the all-star oh, game. Yeah. He's going to oh, be at the yeah. home run derby. Uh-huh. I don't get none of that kind of stuff. What do you mean get? I don't. Uh, how come? How come? I don't get that kind of. What love. do you mean get? Uh, how, oh, did you buy them? Yes. Oh yeah, he bought these. Dude, I am so wealthy and incredibly <laughs> elite that I bought these tickets and nobody else can. Oh, yeah. I thought this was a boss lady Arlene special. Heck uh-uh. no, man. Uh-uh. I bought these suckers and yeah. overpaid for them if I do say so myself. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. If I do out. say so myself, yes. elitism. Goodbye. <laughs> go away. Perhaps. Perhaps it's elitism. I don't know. You can go a few different directions. It's Brock and Salk. We'll be right, we'll be right back on Seattle Sports on 710.